Well, good morning. So glad that you're joining us here today on this Monday morning. Um, our speaker today is really, uh, it's a conversation on stage, and I hope that you'll be encouraged by the stories that are shared here. Um, but we're welcoming Coach Beth Wilmoth, um, UNW's head volleyball coach, um, recently leading the team to its third NCAA Finals appearance. Um, the Eagles were ranked as high as number three in the nation this past season. Can we give it up for them? Come on. Such a fun time. Such a fun time. Um, the goal of that platform, that national platform, though, is to make an eternal impact, reflecting Christ at the highest level of competition. I know that's Coach Wilmoth's heart and, and each and every player. That's their heartbeat. Um, to further introduce Coach Wilmoth, we're going to watch uh, a little bit of video, and then we'll welcome her up. on now. Go Eagles! Go Eagles! Would you guys welcome uh, Beth Wilmoth to the stage? Uh, Coach, we're happy to have you here. This is really fun. Thank you. Good morning. Yeah, it's, uh, I kind of feel like a little bit of a celebrity, if I'm honest, to That's be right. up on stage with all these lights, so thank you. <laughs> That's fun. Well, um, there's, there have been a lot of uh, amazing success on the court for y'all, and we'll get, to, we'll get to some of that conversation, but First of all, I'd love for you to just tell us about yourself, uh, a little bit about your background and um, about your family and, and what's your career path been um, up until this point? Sure. So I'm just coming off my 20th season here at the University of Northwestern as a head volleyball coach. I'm an alum of Northwestern. I didn't start out here. I started at a different school. I took uh, the biggest athletic scholarship I could get because I wanted to go to school for free and found out that was the wrong way to make a decision just based off of money. So I ended up transferring to Northwestern. I met my husband here, Eric. Back in the day, we had phones in the dorm room and I met Eric as the result of a prank phone call. And uh, 20 years later, we have three kids. Our oldest is a sophomore in high school, Jariah. And then we have twins who are 13 years old, Jaden and Elias. Jaden told me this morning on the car ride to tell you that she is my favorite child. So that tells you a little bit about Jaden. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, we used to have phones in the dorm rooms. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Um, Still do. Do you use them? Really? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Coach, we know that, that, that you coach our volleyball team here. We know that that's mm -hmm. your gig, that's your job here. Um, but could you share a little bit about what that looks like? What's, what's that role look like? And how would you explain to us all what it is that you, that you do throughout the year? Yeah, you know, there's so many highs and lows of sports, winning and losing, and those feel pretty extreme at times. And so what I look at my job to do is to use those moments, the, the great moments of sports and the really hard moments of sports, and lay scripture on top of that. And what can we fuse together to make faith and sports work together to incorporate Christ into every part of our lives? 
And there's a lot of biblical principles and a lot of biblical values that we can learn through sport. And so I look at my job here at Northwestern is to bring those two things together and make, make our lives come alive as Christians um, through the context of sport. That's really cool. Um, speaking, of, speaking of God, I'd love for you to, to share a little bit about your God story with us. You know, how, how has God worked in your life? Um, how is he, what are the ways he's gotten your attention? Uh, as you look back on your life's journey, um, what are the most important things that he's, that he's done in and through you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like probably a lot of you, um, was fortunate and blessed to grow up in a Christian home. I knew from a young age who Jesus was. We did family Bible study every night um, after dinner. We were at Awanas, we were at church. My dad was a pastor, uh, so Jesus was everywhere. (laughs) And um, at some point as I got into high school, I really started to actually resent um, just the expectations of being a pastor's kid. And I looked around and it, to me, being a Christian was just a bunch, a bunch of rules in following what people expected me to do. Um, and, and I really truly did resent it. And so my junior year of high school, you know, we were required as pastor's kids to be at everything, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday prayer group, uh, VBS. We were always helping with stuff. And it was a Friday night, and I had plans. I had things that I wanted to do with my friends. And we had a, a small-town little revival that our church was hosting. And so I had to be at that instead. And it was, there was no other teenagers in the room. It was just all these old people. And it was literally what you see on the movies, just fire, hell, brimstone, preacher, I felt like screaming from the stage and we were supposed to bow our heads and close our eyes. Um, and I remember I just told God, I am done. I am I'm walking away. I, I don't want anything to do with this. Um, I won't dishonor my parents. You know, I'll finish out high school and I'll, I'll do the Christian thing. But the second I get to college, I'm walking away from you and I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And... At the same time, I knew I was talking to a holy God and I believed he existed. And so I I, I made this little caveat. But if you do something to intervene and you convince me that you care about me, then I'll change my mind. Which I don't know that I recommend praying those kind of prayers. But uh, I got home from school the next day and my dad sat us down and I I don't understand everything that had happened. And and yet I know know that uh, there are no such thing as coincidences, but my dad told us that he had resigned and he was no longer gonna be a pastor of the church. And I just remember thinking, wow, God actually heard my prayer and he loves me. Like he intervened in a very specific way and had a call on my life. And for the first time, you know, I had heard growing up that for God so loved the world, I thought God loved the whole world, but he didn't actually really love me. Um, and that was the very first time that I, I really believed that he loved me. And from then on, Hebrews eleven six has become kind of one of my life verses that, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And for me, my faith had all, been all about pleasing God, doing all these things that I was supposed to do. Um, and, and from that point on in high school and into college, I really started learning what it looks to actually live and walk by faith, not just do all these things to try to please God. That's such a powerful story. I know it's, it's one that, that I can relate to as well. And probably a lot of us in this room uh, hear bits and pieces of our own story in that. So I appreciate you sharing, you sharing that. Um, well, you've experienced a lot of success on the court in your 20-year uh, coaching career yeah. so far. 
um, here at UNW. And, and so I just want to rattle off a few of these. I think I got these right. 13 straight conference championships. Mm -hmm. 13 years in a row, UMAC championships. That's, come on, all right? We can give it up, give it up. Um, several NCAA national tournament appearances, including Final Four and a national championship matchup. Um, share with us what that success has meant to you as a coach, as a, as a person, and, and for the women that you, that you coach, the teams that you coach. Yeah, well, I mean, the success in winning is a lot of fun. I'm a pretty competitive person, so I'd be lying if I said we didn't enjoy it. And, and the support for the volleyball program here is incredible. I mean, there are games where it is standing room only over in the Erickson Center, and you, you're trying to find a place on the track. Even around the track, there's students there, and it's, it's such a fun environment to get to coach and play in. But really what the success has come to mean for me, for our program, is it's just given us credibility for whatever reason in sports, if you win people pay attention. And so we've tried to steward that really well to say, yeah, a lot of eyes are on us. We're winning um, outside of Northwestern. A lot of teams, a lot of other coaches, a lot of people are following our program. So to try to use that success uh, to reflect Christ and to steward that really well and, and use the opportunities we have to point to him. That's incredible. Like, and, 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 and it's... I don't, want, I don't want us to take for granted um, uh, just the, the, the example that that is. Um, can you can you share more about that? I know I, I know that um, uh, you know the, there's the championships, the wins, the successes, um, but you've really made it your goal to inspire the players that you coach toward what you were just talking about that 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 living for God. Can you can you share more about what that's looked like over the years? Um, kind of using your platform, even a, on a national stage, um, your platform for for giving honor and glory to to Jesus. Well, I will say this. It wasn't always the case. Um, that was not always my passion or my philosophy. When I was first hired at Northwestern, uh, I was 22 years old. And so the very first team that I coached, I had actually been teammates with the senior class. So you can imagine how that went. Um, I thought that we didn't care enough about winning at Northwestern. We didn't care enough about success, about excellence. And so my my whole goal was to make sure we talked about winning more um, and to really have bigger goals when it came to winning. And so my very first game coaching as a head coach, we were playing UW-Eau Claire, which if you know Eau Claire, they're 10 times the size of Northwestern. And their head coach, Lisa Herb, was a legend. She was the most winningest coach in Division III. Um, and so we were getting ready to play them, and I was really excited because this is our chance to, to start caring about winning more. And so we actually ended up winning that first game of my coaching career ever in, in five sets, which is like an overtime. And afterwards, my husband and I, we didn't have kids, so we went over, we had like chips and salsa, Don Pablo's or something that used to be open. And I remember saying, I beat Lisa Herb. Like, look at me, I should retire now. I'm one and oh. <laughs> I'm undefeated. Um, and I was just so, I was like, here we go. Like, we're gonna start winning, here it is. Uh, a couple days later, we're playing in another game. And I'm embarrassed to say this, but I, in the locker room, I told the girls right before we went out, I said, let's go teach these guys how to play volleyball. And I walked out. And so you can imagine how that game went and how the rest of that first season went. There's a lot of ups and downs. And it got to one point, it was so bad um, that I actually was sitting down on the sideline after a game halfway through the season. 
And one of our players' grandmothers came up to me and told me I should take a coaching class because I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) Um, And I went up to my office and cried (laughs) and quickly learned that the approach that I was taking was was very wrong and very off. And so over the next couple years, I did, I went to every coaching clinic I could go to. I read all the books that I could on leadership and and how to build teams and lead teams. And and about four years later, uh, things were going a lot better. We were actually on a flight to Colorado for a national tournament. And I remember I had Jariah, he was our our newborn at the time with me, and I was like, I've got it going on now. Like now I figured out how to do this. We've got great team leadership, great team chemistry, and I'm a mom, and I've got my baby with me, like I'm juggling all these things. Um, And I was really proud of where our program was at. But on the, f- the flight home from that trip, I remember I just had the most empty feeling because I thought I'd finally done things the right way and built this program. Um, but it just, it felt like something was missing and I really, really struggled with that and I didn't know what it was until I realized I'm just creating like memories. I don't want to just coach teams to have great memories and win championships and then it's over. And so I didn't, really know what to do with that it, until God really directed my steps and I sat in a, this seminar and this random guy was talking about different types of teams and different types of leaders. And I love categories. So I was like, well, what category am I in? Um, and he was talking about an in-name only team or an in-name only leader. They only care about themselves. They say they're part of the team. They say they want to lead, but it's really about their own recognition, their own stats, their own promotion, whatever it is. Um, And it's kind of like what Jesus said of the Pharisees. Like, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are really far from me. And so I was like, well, I don't want to be an in-name-only leader. Uh, So then, then the next leader, the next category was a good leader or a good team. And these teams, they experience a decent amount of success, so they're good, and, and people are attracted to that. But the minute hard things happen, they kind of crumble. And I don't want to be that kind of team or that kind of leader either. And it's really like the man who built his house on the sand instead of the rock. Whenever hard things come, there's nothing to anchor them. So I was like, okay, I don't want to be a good team. don't want to be a good leader. I want to be great. That's the third level. I want to be a great team or a great leader. And those teams have a lot of success. They... Storms come, they're, they're lasered in, they know what their goals are, um, they're very focused, they, they succeed at a very high level, they're elite level leaders. Um, but where great teams fall short, and this is where I was at and I realized it, is once the season is over, or once that experience is over, it's done. We, we turn all the uniforms in, we roll the balls, put them in storage, and there's nothing that lasts. And so that fourth level then I learned it was a legacy team or a legacy leader, that there is something that lives beyond my leadership or beyond our players when they come through our program that they carry with them throughout their lives or that there's an impact that we have for the people that are watching us that isn't just about winning, it's about something bigger. And so from that, um, we just decided, yeah, we're, we have goals uh, as a program. There's certainly things, everybody has goals that they want to achieve, but we were going to make commitments. And so we were very clear to make these biblical commitments um, that would be who we wanted to be regardless, and that would be kind of the legacy that would live on past our, our success of that specific season. That's pretty cool, and and I think you guys, if, if you're if you're paying close attention, there's there's such overlap there with uh, outside of the world of sports into your life, into your world, and and I think there's such lessons to be learned there for all of us. Um, 
I, I remember seeing an, uh, a, a story on one of the local news stations about, is it called the Honor Call? Yeah. <clears throat> can, you share about, can you share about that and what that, what that is, where, where the idea came from, where the inspiration came from, and, and, and how that's impacted uh, the women that you coach and, and the other teams? And Yeah. So when we talked about wanting to be a legacy team, this was several years ago, we sat down with all of our players. We're like, okay, what, what legacy do we want to leave? And we came up with five different words or five different principles from Scripture. And one of those words was integrity, which sounds great because, you know, we want to have integrity on and off the court. And the first thing you think of is, you know, writing your own papers, taking your own tests. And so that was easy. But, but then we, we really got stuck with, well, how do we have integrity on the court? There's not really a, a great way to do that. And one of the players on the team, her name was Natalie, she, she said, I know if we touch the ball and it just barely goes off of our fingers... Uh, and the refs don't see it, we should tell the refs and then give the point back to their team. And I was like, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I'm like, I do not want to give points to the other team. Um, and I didn't say anything because, of course, you know, you're not going to say anything about that. So the team started talking about it and actually started arguing about it across the room. Some people are like, God wants us to make honor calls, and this is we're, we'd be lying if we didn't. And other people are saying, this is a bad idea. We're going to lose games. Um, and so, and I was kind of trying to be like, yeah, what are some other reasons it's a bad idea? Because uh, I didn't really want to make them either. <laughs> and so we actually ended up tabling it because it was so divisive on our team. And I said, you know what? Over the course of the summer, let's just let's pray about it and let's see what God tells us to do. And any any changed my heart too. Over the course of the summer, when we came back for preseason, we asked every player individually, not in front of the team, um, what they they thought that we should do. And every single one, even the ones that really were worried about losing games, uh, said, "Yeah, I think we should try it." And from then, our testimony that God has used that in, in huge ways over the the course of many years. Our very first Final Four tournament. Our final four appearance, we made it all the way through our region, made it to the final four, um, and we were there in the very last point that we played in the NCAA tournament was an honor call. And so God, is, God has used it on a big stage and in small stages, hopefully to, to honor him. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I've, uh, I've played on teams in my, in my life, and, and, and uh, I can't imagine any of that happening on any of the teams I've ever played on. And and, and I think a lot of us are in that same boat, right? And, and I just think that that's, you, you talk about integrity and, and again, what a, what a lesson that can spill over into, into the rest of our lives, I think. Uh, and, and, the, and the impact of something like that uh, amongst not only uh, the women you coach, but, but the other teams and, 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 and fans, just think of the ripples, the ripple effects that, that has. I think that's uh, pretty amazing, so. Um, so you said you were, you're an alum of Northwestern. Um, I guess looking back over all that time, 20 years of coaching and uh, you know, your years as a student here, how has God used your experience here at Northwestern um, you know, uh, to mold and to shape you? And, and how does that inform how you approach, uh, approach your work and approach your life? Yeah, well, you guys know this. I mean, it's, it's a special place because you're surrounded by believers. And if you choose to, um, you can really... 
go deep in relationship with each other. And so when I look back at my experience and my experience now continuing on as a staff member, it's really about the people that you get to be surrounded with and having people pour into your life and speak into you. And that continues today. I mean, I just had someone text me last night um, who doesn't work at Northwestern any longer, but was a former employee and was like, hey, I want to help your program out. I've got some things that I want to bless you with and challenge you with. And so we're going to meet later. Like that continues uh, the great people that, that God leads here that you get to do life with and to dive into those relationships has been key for me. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, you kind of you kind of touched on this just now, but I wonder if if you could answer the question. You know, if if what what is your what are your hopes and dreams for us, the Northwestern community? You know, what what's your what's your vision or what what you know um, encouragement would you have would you have for us as we kind of wrap up our conversation here? Yeah. Uh, well, we live in a changing world. It's changing all the time. I remember my parents saying that to me. <laughs> now I've been saying it. Uh, but it's changing, and yet we serve an unchanging God. And my hope for my players, for my kids who hopefully come through here someday, is that this is a time where we are rooted and grounded deeply in Christ and in his truth, and that we are then able to give um, a hope for the reason that we have, or share that hope for the reason that we have, and to live that out past the gates of Northwestern, but to really be anchored in, in, in a God who is unchanging. It's so good. Well, we appreciate your time with us, Beth. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna pray as we, as we close this conversation. Um, God, thank you so much for the, uh, the example of Coach Wilmoth and her uh, teams that, that um, just lead in these ways. And, and God, thank you for her influence in the lives of so many, uh, those who she has coached and those who have observed uh, the process of her and her teams uh, living out um, living out this, this ambition to God, give you the glory and, and the praise and the honor. And so God, we're just, we're just so um, incredibly thankful for, for, um, for her in this community as a, as a light. Um, and, uh, and we just pray God that, um, that we could, as we come from, as we walk from this place today, we, as we hear these things that we could um, identify ways um, that we could live out in our own lives. Um, this ambition, this desire to, to live for you, to honor you uh, with the uh, influence that you have given us. And so God, we pray all this in your name. Amen. Well, can we give one big thank you to Coach Beth Wilmoth? Thank you so much.